Welcome to Walking by Faith. We believe and pray that through this message, you'll encounter God like never before and that healing is released over your body today in Jesus' name. Our goal is to empower you with the tools you need to grow in your faith journey. And that's why you can access pastor's notes in a snap. Download the Walking by Faith app today to follow along. We've all been there. The shadows of sickness loom, whispers of doubt steal our peace. But hold on, friend, because today, we're about to unleash truth brighter than any darkness. Jesus, our champion, didn't just come and promise healing. He conquered it for us. On the cross, he carried the burden of every broken bone, every weary breath, every ounce of our pain. We don't have to be chained to what isn't ours. Today, let's rewrite the narrative. Join me as we step into the light, embrace our healing, and claim the victory that is rightfully ours in the message, Kingdom Living Hacks. But today, I want to talk to you about one of the main aspects of Jesus' ministry. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but if you look at Jesus' ministry, he would preach and he would teach. He would heal the sick and deliver from demonic power. Those are the three things that Jesus did. So we, we want to talk about praying for the sick, divine healing today. And the first thing I want to say is that I don't know everything. I've literally been studying divine healing for 50 years. Uh, if you find somebody who knows everything, just realize they don't. They don't. All right. But I would like to start in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 12, which says, And in the 39th year of his reign, Jehoshaphat's reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his madly was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. Somebody said, well, you know, if you're, 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 you're praying for the sick, what about doctors? Doctors are good. But what the Bible teaches is this. We should go to God first and doctor second. Uh, the Bible doesn't. But what the Bible says, he didn't seek the Lord. He just sought the physicians. We should first go to the Lord. So the, the, the Bible actually calls Luke the beloved physician. It doesn't say he was bad. Right? He was a doctor. The Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. So if you take medicine, just take it in Jesus' name. It'll do twice as much good. So uh, I want to go over to Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul is praying for the church. Now, of course, this prayer is actually inspired by the Holy Spirit. But if, if we were to ask you and say, hey, we want you to pray a prayer that Christians are going to read and are going to pray for 2,000 years, you know, what type of a prayer would you pray? Would you pray something like, well, Lord, I ask you to bless your people. I ask you to deliver your people. Lord, uh, let, let your face shine on them. Lord, help them. Is that what you would pray? That's what most Christians would pray. But Paul said this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened now, here's the three things he prays for, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what God's will for your life is, 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Now, he doesn't pray and say, God, do something for them. He says, open their eyes so that they can know what you have already done. What is the inheritance that you already have? He says, what are? Not what God's going to do, but what are the things that he has already done? So he's praying that God will open our eyes so that we'll see what has already been done and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Not, not God extends your power towards them, but what is that power that has already been extended towards us? So what most of the church is trying to do is get God to do something. But when Paul prays, he prays, God, just let them see what you've already done. Let them see what Jesus purchased for them. Let them see the power that is at work in them. You know, very often uh, I hear people quote where the, the Bible says he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But that's where they quit. The rest of the verse says, according to the power that is at work in you. See, again, we're trying to get God to do something. And he's saying what needs to happen is you just need to see, have a revelation of what you already have. Not trying to get God to do something, but what do you already have? Colossians chapter one in verse 13 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. There, there is the kingdom of God, which Jesus came and proclaimed. Jesus' message was repent or change the way you think because God's kingdom's here. It's available. It's now. It's for you. And what the Bible tells us God has done when we receive Jesus, he takes us out from under Satan's domain, his power, his kingdom, and he puts us into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of the son of his love. So everything that is a part of Satan's kingdom, you have been literally translated out of that kingdom and it does not belong in your, in my life. In Acts chapter 10, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus healed all who were oppressed of whom? The devil. Uh, it, it just amazes me that in Jesus' ministry, everybody who got healed, it was the power of God. In fact, Jesus says, you know, if I cast out demons by the, by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come unto you. Yet today, there are people who really will tell you, if you're sick, God made you sick. And if you get healed, the devil healed you. Well, that is the exact opposite of what you find in the Bible. Right? Now, I, I want to say this again, because when, when it comes to a time when we're going to be praying for the sick, uh, we are not trying to bring some great new revelation. I'm just trying to activate your faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing 
in hearing by the word of God. God's word should build faith on the inside of you and faith to receive. So everyone Jesus healed, the Bible says, was oppressed by the devil. Now, that does not mean that sickness, every sickness is a demon. But if you look at Romans 5 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin. Thus, death spread to all men because all sin. What it is saying is this, that when Adam bowed his knee to Satan, death, sickness, sin, disease, war, pestilence, prejudice, every evil thing you can think of came into the world. Now, there are specific instances, and you'll notice this in Jesus' ministry, where sickness is an evil spirit. But the Bible makes a distinction between healing the sick and confronting demonic power. So you've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness, out from under Satan's domain. And anything that is part of his domain does not belong in your life. So if, if you go home from church today and you walk into your house and there are 10 rattlesnakes, will you go, praise the Lord, welcome? Or will you grab a rake and take them out? I don't know about you, but I'm grabbing the rake. Rattlesnakes don't belong in my house. And everything that Satan brings does not belong in your life. But in the same way that those rattlesnakes could be there, you need to confront them. Right? That's why the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. In other words, you need to resist. First Peter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Resist him. And the truth is, many Christians go decades and never resist the devil. They just simply assume, well, whatever happens, it's just what God wants to happen. The devil will eat your lunch and pap the bag. And then celebrate. Because the Bible tells you to resist. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. So when you resist the devil, you resist his works. Not just a temptation, but the works that he brings. Again, uh, if you look at the children of Israel, they come out of, the, out of Egypt. They come to the edge of the promised land. And God has said, I have given you the land. But there's giants. There's seven nations. There's walled cities. They needed to go in and dispossess the enemy and take possession. That is a picture of a victorious Christian life. God has done all sorts of things. You have an inheritance in Christ. But you need to go in and take possession. You need to dispossess the enemy. In Isaiah, the 53rd chapter... Uh, really what Isaiah is doing, this is 700 years before Jesus is born. And it's like he looks down a prophetic telescope and he sees Jesus go to the cross. I have the Young's translation right in front of me. It says he was despised, 
left of men, a man of pains, acquainted with sickness, and as one hiding the face from us, he was despised, we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he has borne. In our pains he carried them. Verse ties, the, ch by the chastisement of our peace was upon him in bri his bruises, there is healing to us. Dr. Isaac Lesser says, but only our diseases did he bear himself. In our pains he carried. Through his bruises was healing granted to us. Another translation, and with his stripes we are healed. Brother Matt says, by the stripes there is healing for us. Moffat's translation, the blows that fell on him bought us healing. See, Jesus at the cross, in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, he paid for your healing. Again, Isaiah 53, 5, Young Translation, by his bruising, there is healing for us. And in case anybody wonders, are those good translations, the Holy Spirit clarifies it very, very, very well in Matthew chapter 8. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick. Now notice, when it was demonic, he cast out the spirit. But other times, it's not demonic, and he healed those that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Some people try to say, no, this only has to do with spiritual sicknesses and spiritual problems. No, what Jesus dealt with were definitely physical. It includes mental problems and emotional problems, but it's definitely, if you look at the context, Jesus is dealing with physical, with physical healing. In Psalms 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In the New Testament, those benefits are called your inheritance. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. Who heals how many? All. Do you, you know, everything we receive from God, you receive by faith. How many of you know you get saved by faith? That's how you get saved. Colossians 2 says this, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Everything you receive from God, you receive by faith. In other words, you believe it, you see it on the inside before you see it on the outside. You, 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 you receive it by faith. So it's, it's not the physical manifestation that you see first. You see it on the inside before you see it on the outside. But in Psalms 105 and verse 37, it's talking about God bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. It says, he brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Not one feeble person among the two million Israelites. Other translations say, and all of them were healthy and strong. And you got two million people, and all of them are healthy and strong. You can't get six Christians together and not have four people that need prayer. But yet, when they came out of Egypt, Everyone was healthy and strong. Jubilee translation, there was not one sick person among their tribes. Other translation, 
There wasn't one feeble person. Now, here's why. That night before, they ate the Passover lamb. That lamb was a type of Jesus. And when they partook of that type of Jesus, every person was healed. Every person. Didn't matter what they had. Two million of them. All right? We'll say it again. And all of them were healthy and strong. If there was healing in a lamb that was a type of Jesus, I'm telling you there's healing in Jesus. He bore your sicknesses and he carried your pains. It's like saying a shadow has more power than the reality. The only reason the shadow is there is because of the reality. There is healing in Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 46. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water to wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Um, Most of us do not really understand what faith is. We think we do, but we don't. Somebody comes up and says, I know, I mean, I know that if Jesus would just appear and touch me, I know I'd be healed. And we think that's faith. But you know what? The Bible says that's not faith. Did you get that? That's not faith. In fact, Romans 10. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. See, if if, if I could just, Jesus would just appear and touch me, I'd be healed. This verse just said that's not faith. The righteousness of faith does not say who will ascend into heaven and bring Christ down so he can touch me. No, 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 no. Or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does faith say? It says the word is near you. There's a word of healing. There's a word of deliverance. There's a word of victory. There's a word of peace. The word is near you, it's in your mouth, and in your heart, even the word of faith which we preach. So here's what it's saying. It's saying, you read the reality of what Jesus did for you, right? You believe what Jesus did for you. You confess what Jesus did for you. Remember, but what does it, faith, say? Faith is always saying something. That you can locate somebody real fast by listening to them. Because what they really believe is going to come out of their mouth. Now, this nobleman has said, if you'll come down and you'll just lay your hand on my son, he'll be healed. Jesus has him located. His mouth has located him. And, and I want to remind you, 1 John 3, verse 23, and this is his commandment. This is the commandment of the New Testament that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another 
as he gave commandment. If you ask most Christians, what's his commandment? They'll say, well, love one another. You get a 50% on your test. Because there's one commandment, but it has two parts. The first part is to believe in the name. And the second part is to love one another. Right? Um, when Jeannie and I got married 48 years ago, right? uh, we got married and she gave me 100 bucks and a bicycle. Right? And, and no debts. No debts, praise the Lord. Right? Uh, I, in turn, had been, been uh, saving for quite some time. Well, she could have gone the next day to the bank, and she could have said, taken her name and said, I'm Jeannie Applegarth, right? and I, I want all the money, and they wouldn't have given her anything. Right? However, if she had believed in the name, because she was no longer just a Jeannie Applegarth, she's now a Jeannie Vanderklot. If she had put her faith in that name, she didn't need me to go to the bank. She could use my name, and she could get everything. Right? Well, the same thing is true. We're so often wanting Jesus to show up, but what Jesus has done is given us his name. Right? And the commandment is that you believe in the name. And faith does not say Jesus needs to show up to touch me, right? but what faith does is it believes it's in the name. Right? Believe it's in the name. So the rest of the story, verse 49, I'm doing a Paul Harvey here. The noble man said to him, sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. He believed the word that Jesus had spoken. And by the way, your Bible is God speaking to you? Right? And in his word, he says he forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. He says they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And he went his way. And as now was going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, your son lives. And he inquired. And he said, at what hour did he begin to amend and they said, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew it was at that same hour in which Jesus had said unto him, your son lived. And he himself believed in all his household. Now, I want you to notice that well, the, the, the 54th verse says this. This is, again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he came out of Judea in Galilee. The first miracle, water to wine. The second miracle, he heals this man's son. Now, the Bible says it's a miracle, but it's not instantaneous. Right? Most people, what they want, they want to pray, amen, there it is. All right? But what did that young man do? He began to amend. Right? In Mark chapter 16, it says they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Process. James chapter 5, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. In the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. Process, right? Most of the time when a person is prayed for, the power of God begins to work in their body, 
right? And there is a process, right? So it's very important to keep your faith turned on. And don't go, well, that's all I got. I didn't get much. I'm a little bit better, but not much. I don't know if that worked at all. If you keep your faith turned on, right, the power of God keeps working. Now, notice the Bible called it a miracle, even though it was not an instantaneous manifestation. There are instantaneous manifestations, right? But not every manifestation is instantaneous. I just want to share one more thought. Um, and, and I would just say this. When you read your, in, in fact, if you listen quite often on a Sunday when I'm talking to people who just received the Lord, I tell them, read your Bible every day. Read the New Testament, right? Read the New Testament. And you say, why? Well, because you're a New Testament believer. The word testament there literally means covenant. There's an old covenant. There's a new covenant, right? You're not an old covenant person. You're a new covenant person, right? And, and by the way, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe it's verse 19, it says that God was in Christ restoring the world to himself, no longer holding men's sins against them, right? Old covenant, sins were not paid for, and God held men's sins against them. New covenant, your sins are paid for. So God's not holding your sins against you. God is not mad. God's not punishing you. God's not testing you. He is no longer holding your sins against you, Bible says, but has blotted them out. They are gone. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Here's what I would say. Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is an exact imprint of God the Father. Uh, the King James Version says the express image of his person. The other translation, the exact representation of his nature. If you want to know what is God like, look at Jesus. He is perfect theology. He is the exact representation. Another translation says he is the exact likeness of God's own being. When somebody came to Jesus, well, Matthew chapter 8, the leper comes to Jesus. And he falls down in front of Jesus. And he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus put out his hand, touching him, saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Right? That's an exact representation of God right there. I know you, he comes, I know you can. I just don't know if you want to. Jesus answered the question. If you're you saying, I know God can, but I don't know if he wants to. Jesus answered the question. He said, I'm willing. My favorite translation says it like this. Of course I will. Of course I will. Now, for all of you that are online right now or are going to be watching this, I want to pray for you right now. Now, if there is an affliction in your body and you want to put your hand on that, that would be great. All right. But let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord 
our physician, that you said you'd forgive all our iniquities and heal all of our diseases. That your word tells us that Jesus himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And by his stripes, healing was made available to us. We thank you that as Christians, we're taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of the son of your love that no sickness, no disease has any right in any of our bodies. And right now in the name of Jesus, I take authority over sickness and I bind sickness and disease. I command you, loose these bodies, go from these people in Jesus' name. And I loose the healing power of God onto your body right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet to bring health, healing, soundness, and deliverance to your entire being. And Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have never thought of this, but literally, Christianity is the only faith or religion that has a Savior. What the Bible teaches us is this, is that everyone has sinned in some way, and that because of it, we're guilty before God. And there has to be a payment for sin. The Bible says the wages or the payment of sin is death. And it's not just a physical death, but it's death after the physical death. It's a separation from God. So Jesus came and he paid for your sin and for my sin. So what the Bible tells us we need to do is we need to receive him and give him our life. Jesus called it being born again. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. He said, all the good things that I could do or you could do could never pay for your sin, never make you right with God. But he came, he lived a sinless life, and he paid for your sin. And when you receive him as your Lord and your King, receive the forgiveness he offers, he makes you new on the inside, and he gives you peace with God. So if you're not right with God, you've been trying to earn your own salvation, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart. And if you will pray this prayer from your heart, when we say amen, you're going to be right with God. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that his blood paid for my sins. And I believe that he rose again, victorious over death, sin, and the devil. And I give Jesus all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive him as my king and my Lord, and I am going to live for him. I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that my past is gone, that I'm now a part of your family, your kingdom, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard you. The Bible says, whosoever, that's you, will call on the name of the Lord. That's what we just did, the way the Bible shows us to. It says, we'll be saved. You are saved. You're right with God. Now, I wrote a book especially to help you keep on growing spiritually, absolutely free of charge. All the information is right there on your screen. You, we want to get it to you absolutely free. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, we love you and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, congratulations. You're on the path to one of the best decisions of your life. 
Do you need more info? Our team at walkingbyfaith.tv is ready to answer any questions that you might have. Get your free copy of Pastor's book, Your New Life, just as he had mentioned. Visit walkingbyfaith.tv to have it mailed, download it there instantly, or listen to the audiobook. Find all these options on our app as well. Packed with practical advice, this book is your guide to living a life full of faith. Claim your free copy now. Instead of just witnessing a miracle, become the miracle. Partner with Walking by Faith and ignite the spark of hope in someone's life. Let your generosity be a beacon that guides them through the darkness. There are three easy ways to give. Text WBFGIVE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Your instant contribution sets ripples of hope in motion. Visit walkingbyfaith.tv give to explore your giving options or click the giving icon in our app, making partnership a seamless act of love. Thank you for your unwavering support in spreading the message of hope and healing through God's word. Together, we can transform the world by the power of faith. The victorious Christian knows their inheritance. We walk in its power and speak truth into existence. Forget the lies. God doesn't punish with illness. The devil doesn't heal. We simply align our thoughts with his perfect truth, stand firm in faith, and watch healing bloom. If you're in need of prayer for healing or anything else, we have a team of people standing ready and prepared to stand in agreement with you. Simply scan the QR code to send a prayer request, download our app, read our weekly devotional, and so much more. We'll see you again next week. Until then, be blessed.